0: friends welcome to another episode of making disciples my name is chris and i'm your host in today's episode we are going to have an interview with adrian samarini great name is from um gambling gay baptist church and i met him a few months back uh, at a conference called fresh dreams an amazing conference and uh just had so much fun i was there speaking and he was also one of the speakers on the final day he was talking about unity, which is a topic I'd love to interview him on again uh, in the future. Um, But I just thought he had a really interesting approach to discipleship and what it means for us to live our lives wholeheartedly for Jesus. And I wanted to talk to him really around humility and, you know, as disciples, what does humility look like? How do we live out humility? And it was just such a fantastic conversation. So I hope that this uh, interview with Adrian is such a blessing to you as it was to me to spend some time with him and talk about humility. So I'm not going to do a massive preamble. We'll jump in in a second. But big thank you to you, the listeners, for joining and spending a bit of time with us today. If you've yet to subscribe then I'd love to encourage you to do that so we have so many people listen to this podcast who don't subscribe uh, which means that you know you don't have it ping up on your phone when the next episode is out i'd love you to, to do that uh, and you know have the next edition appear on your device or whatever way you listen to this podcast so please do think about subscribing Uh, I have not said this for a little while but you know do recommend this podcast to friends as well people don't just stumble upon podcasts they're recommended to them so I would love to encourage you to recommend this podcast to people anybody who's growing as a disciple of Jesus uh, do encourage them to listen in on this podcast so let's jump in Uh, interview with Adrian Semerini and uh, we're gonna have a conversation around humility Adrian, thank you so much for spending some time with us on Making Disciples. Now, I I heard you speak a few weeks ago at a conference. I thought this guy has really got some interesting stuff to say around discipleship. And then I emailed you and said, uh, you know, what topics would you like to cover? And you said, well, one would be on humility. Nobody has
1: ever said to me, let's talk about humility Well, I mean, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, But second of all, yeah, I'd I'd imagine it's a topic that most of us don't like to talk about because as soon as we bring it up, we're automatically considered as not humble. Or uh, usually when people want to talk about it, they talk about it of, you know, how I've achieved humility and you have to follow, uh, which is in itself a contradiction. So, um, but I do think uh, humility is key to discipleship. I do think humility is key to what we see in the life of Jesus uh what, what what we see that we're that we should be modeling out that we should be leading through that we should be following in um but i don't i, I agree it's not something that there's a few books out there some people have written some um you know RT Kendall has one uh, there's a recent one by a, a gentleman called Paul Friend who's with with Swim um and he's written one called fierce humility and and they're great but I don't think there's enough out there, um, and I one of the things that really interests me is I don't think there's a real theological study of humility. I think there's a lack of a theology of humility, uh, if you will, which I think is key. and And I'd be interesting it'd, it'd be interesting to me to see what develops over the next kind of five ten years in that in that yeah. field because it's key, I believe, to to being a disciple.
0: Mm. Right. That's where I want to start. So, yeah, this is a podcast all about discipleship you just said it's key to discipleship why like why why is this an important issue and particularly from the aspect of uh you know what is your understanding of discipleship you know how do you talk about what this is
1: yeah no so i think discipleship ultimately comes down to uh being formed uh in the likeness of jesus to to essentially um follow him. You know, he is our, our, our leader. He is the example. Um, Obviously he's the rabbi to, to those uh, actual disciples to start with. Um, And so I think discipleship is really teaching or learning, depending on if we're the disciple or the discipler, right. Depending on the, but it's, it's being taught or learning how to live a life like that of Jesus. And the reason I think humility is key is because I think, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he is God embodied. He knows everything. He you know, he has every answer beginning and the end, yet the way he approaches every conversation, the way he approaches the woman at the well, the way he approaches his own 12, the way he approaches um, you know, those absolutely stuck in, in, in sin, those who are possessed across the board, he never approaches them, even though he is God. And even though there are moments in scripture where he goes, hey, I, I am he who you are speaking of. He always comes out in such a humble servant, Loving way. One of the reasons, you know, that many of the Jews at the time did not recognize Jesus as the Messiah was because they were expecting this, you know, big, powerful leader to come with all might on, you know, and and take down the empire, and he comes subverting all of that in this kind of subversive, calm, humble way. And I think part of that is one of the reasons that people didn't recognize it. He's too humble. He's too that he's not the one. He's not the guy. But actually. In, I mean, you know, we see him washing the disciples' feet. And oftentimes that that um, account in Scripture is so looked at and spoken of as a, uh, uh, you know, how we should be serving one another. And it's all about service. And yes, there is that, obviously, very clearly there. But I also think there's a sense of Jesus humbling himself, you know, lowering himself before his disciples and saying, hey, as I serve you, I'm going to humble myself, and he did so even to the one who would betray him. Like he, you know, even to the, those who are perhaps seen as as against him. He's like, I'm going to serve, and I'm going to do it in a humble way. And so, I think when we talk about what it looks like for us to walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, love like Jesus, serve like Jesus, yeah. humility has to be a big part of that and when you look at the flip side of perhaps where there are most tensions uh, among brothers and sisters, you know denominational divides, theological divides, I, I i i might disagree with you on some theological topics. You know, we might agree perfectly on things, but but if we can come at a conversation humbly, mm-hmm. um recognizing that there are potentially some non-negotiables for me, you know that, that who Jesus is <laughs> is a pretty non-negotiable. But then there's other things throughout history that perhaps we have disagreed on which come down to interpretation. And can I humbly come to a table Mm. and have a conversation with you um, in my discipleship, in your discipleship and recognizing that we're not fully formed yet. We're not fully there. Go, okay, well, how can we have these conversations and move forward in a way that we are united? And so it links in with unity. It links in with discipleship and all these things, but Mm. I'm rambling a bit. So there you go. (laughs) No, it's
0: good. I, I, having grown up in a charismatic, slightly more conservative uh background uh discipleship for me was always as a kid was always about doing the stuff that Jesus did so we learned a lot about prayer ministry we learned yeah. a lot about uh serving like um the washing of the feet uh but when yep. it came to character there was less interest in that and it seems to me that actually the character stuff feeds into the start of all the other things. You know, Jesus, the way Absolutely. that Jesus approaches the woman at the well, like you just said. And so it's we talk about character here, character formation into the likeness of Jesus, not just theological formation yeah. or practice formation, but actually at the start, if our character isn't centered around Jesus, we could be doing all the right stuff in terms of prayer ministry and, and uh, serving the poor. But if our character is not right, we can be arrogant in our serving arrogant in our prayer uh, and then we get arrogant in telling people what they should and shouldn't do because we know
1: best yeah
0: and, and you know yes and that's part part of that's confidence but actually it's character isn't it that that 100% all, all
1: of that i think 100% and i think more and more we see you know part of, of of people's ministerial formation includes that of of you know character building and things like that but i think historically it's probably not been our big focus Um, the big focus has been have you have you gone and studied your scriptures do you know them do you have your you know doctrine of this doctrine of that whatever it may be that's what we've formed our leadership on and our discipleship on Um, and I think so often again you know I I love Jesus greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart mind soul and strength and we tend to pick that apart I think I think we tend to find the things that we like uh, and maybe agree with and hold on to those so when those of us who are more academically minded love god with all of your mind great i can i can study him and i can go for it and i can go all there well all of my strength well those of us who have energy and we'll give it and we'll serve and we'll serve and we'll serve and all of our heart right what does that look like what what does it look like to actually emotionally love god And be able to humble myself emotionally to others all of our soul that spiritual side of things where actually there is a call to to in our prayer ministry love god and then all of these things i think you know francis chan years and years ago uh wrote a book called erasing hell so nothing about what we're talking about now but before he wrote the book and he was writing it kind of to um maybe maybe almost as a, as a counter to a book that was written by somebody else that was kind of theologically questioned at the time and and you know you can dig into more of that if you want but he released this video because he obviously has a you know big following and people and and this video was him simply asking people to pray for him and and he very visually kind of said hey you know what as i'm approaching my study of this view of of what comes next after life what comes you know past our death I am approaching it with a certain level of understanding, you know, place my hand at my eye level, for example, I am there, but God's understanding will always be heads and heads and heads, miles above my head. Mm. And I want you, and he's like, I am pray- I ask that you would pray for me that as my understanding gets closer and grows closer to that of God's that I would never think I have it so figured out that my understanding is that above God that I've, I've fluctuated that he, he is, is knows less than I do. And I think so often in some of our um, understandings, whether it be theological or how to serve, how to pray, we get to the point where we're like, oh, right, I've cracked it. This is the way we do it. This is, it's my way. I finally had it, whether it be through divine revelation or through teaching. And so my way is the only way. Mm -hmm. Where actually, I think we need to recognize that God's way is the only way Mm -hmm. and how God connects with all of us from different cultures, from different backgrounds, all of us his people made in his image though we look physically different though we act you know emotionally different we're all his that he's made so somehow we have to recognize that he is above mm. all and that I'm still trying to play catch up to that and will be until the day i die and pass that you know i'm never going to be more have more understanding than god and if I can have that mentality in my conversation with someone who's just come to faith or someone who's got three PhDs um, or someone who's been preaching from platforms uh, across the world, whatever situation I'm in, if I can have that mentality of God's God's got it. And I think this is where I'm at now. This is the revelation, my understanding, my journeying thus far. However, there's a chance that I've got some of this wrong. Mm. There's a chance that maybe I've still got to learn some stuff. So let me hold that. With a, with a sense of God, of saying, God, you, you do with me what you want, but let's go forward.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that. <laughs> the opposite of humility is pride. Yeah. Pride is so subtle. Incredible. And I've I've seen in others, because it's always easier to point it out in others, so it must also be in me. But I've seen... Those who think they are being humble, but in their humility, there's pride in their humility. Yeah, and there's there's pride in how they, you know, I may come humbly at something, uh, but I know I know what I know. This is right, and and it's yeah. it, and pride is subtle, isn't it? It's so subtle, and it's almost like little weeds in the garden are really hard to pull out.
1: Absolutely. You pull
0: one out here and there's another one over there. Uh, How do we deal with that when it's just riddled within our makeup,
1: how do we root it out? Well, I think in part you you started uh, kind of answering your own question in as much as, hey, it's really, it's easier to point it out in others and it's harder to point it out in oneself. Uh, and so part of the way we root it out is we, we journey with those mm-hmm. uh, that are that are part of our tribe. Um, you know, I love that Jesus had his 12 and from his 12, he had his three and from his three, he had the, the one. And, you know, but but within that, you know, we as as disciples ourselves, as we disciple others, need to have people that we give permission to, that we journey with um that if they say hey you know what if someone you know there's a few in, in in my tribe if you will that if they pull me aside and go adrian let's have a real chat like i love you I love that you love jesus but you've gotten this wrong you're building yourself up this isn't about the kingdom this is about you this isn't about others i need to be able, there are people in my life that i need that if they say that i, I almost don't question it. i almost got to take it i say yes okay right we are journeying this together um, unless I fully think I'm like, oh my goodness, there's something, then I'll, I'm There might be some pushback, yeah. but we have to journey these things together. We have to go. Hold on, if somebody else is seeing in me something that isn't of Jesus? Um, I need to humble myself enough to say, okay, what is it you're not seeing? And then saying, how did I get here? Mm. You know, I think that's part of part of that analysis of going. Uh, you know, one of the one of the greatest quotes is that you know the the the, the enemy doesn't always lie 100% he'll give you 99% truth and 1% lie mm. um, and that that little 1% buys you in you know you buy into that 1% of a lie and then you it's a slippery slope from there you, you've suddenly gone way off of where you wanted to and I think being able to reflect back and go okay well what was it that led me down this I thought I was being humble I thought I was serving as I was called to and now suddenly I'm not but I think in in mm. in everything I think not only is it journeying with people, it's also just having a posture change. Um, You know, we see Jesus as this servant leader and we talk of him as a servant leader. But I think that that servant can almost be replaced with humble leader. Um, We often talk about, you know, the leaders that we have and, and, and who we're called to be and how we're called to lead. But if in our leadership, we don't have that posture change to be able to lower ourselves on a regular basis. Um, and have people around us, you know, to lower us, then again, I think we're missing something. If, if we go down 10, 15 years down the line of, of whether it be ministry or family life or whatever, as disciples, we're everywhere in whatever workplace we're in, in whatever uh, um, church that we're serving in. If we go down all this time and, and we're never seeing ourselves changed and challenged, then something's wrong. Um, one of the questions I ask in, of, of our church on a regular basis is, do you look more like Jesus today than you did yesterday? Um, you might not be able to see the change from yesterday to today, but okay, what about last year? Are you more like Jesus today than you were last year? Have you humbly walked in forgiveness to those who you've really struggled to forgive? Have you humbly walked in service to those who you don't really want to serve? Have you humbly um, allowed someone else to speak into your life and call you out on your sin, on your addictions, on your journeys? Um, and have you been honest with yourself? Have you humbled yourself before God and let him speak into your situations? Um, one of the things that I, I battle with, and those who are listening won't be able to know because, but you see me, I'm a big guy. I'm a, I'm a really not just tall guy. I'm a—I'm a, you know, huggable, larger than life kind of guy. Um but one of the things I talk about is that, you know, I didn't get to this size um, just by chance. You know, m- one of the sins that I battle on a regular basis is that of gluttony. Um, and that's one of the sins that for some reason our culture doesn't call out. It's, it's okay, it's, it's almost taboo to speak of it. And I've walked into churches, I've walked into places where they're like, oh, you're just big boned, Adrian. I'm like, with respect. my gut is not a bone (laughs) you know so so we have to have again people now if everybody walked up to me and said adrian you're fat get on it i'm like whoa okay hold on there is a way there's a but that is it's not just a it's not just a health thing though it does affect my health it's not just a lifestyle thing though it is part of that it's a it's a sin thing it's a spiritual formation thing that actually I need to recognize that is one of the things I battle and one of my sins. So I need to give people permission to call me on it and I need people to walk alongside me. And when I have been in quotes, my fittest is when I've had those people walk alongside me um, and almost hold my hand and almost treat me like a child. When it comes to aging, you don't need to eat that. Come on, get out for a walk. Come on, jump on your bike. Because actually that's perhaps part of my walk of faith where I'm still a bit of a baby Christian. You know, my that that sin still has deep roots in me. And I've had people pray and I've had people, but we're journeying it. Mm. I have to be humble enough. Uh, and again, talking about humility here, I'm giving an example where, perhaps you know, it's, it's a, such a contradictory, yeah, yeah. don't hear this in a prideful way, but I have to be humble enough to let those around me say, Adrian, mate, this is not. You're not hungry. You don't need this food. Your body doesn't need it. This is an act of gluttony. This is this is you stepping into sin, step away. Mm-hmm. And I need to allow people to do that. And whether your sin is gluttony or whether it's addictions yeah. to alcohol or pornography or any other thing, we need to just allow people to speak into our lives and hold our hands to it if we need to. Yeah. Have you? Do you know Adam Savage,
0: Mythbusters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he runs a YouTube channel called Tested. Okay. And I'm a, you know, I'm a paid-up subscriber, and you know, he does these interviews, and you can ask questions. And uh, and one of the, um, one of the subscribers asked the question of him of, um, I was watching a episode of MythBusters from about 17 years ago, and you were smoking in the episode. Do you still smoke? Uh, and do you think it's a good idea to be seen in the public to smoke? You know, I love your thoughts and that kind of thing. And Adam said, well, actually, for years I was on, off, on, off, on, off smoker until 15 years ago when I stopped. He said, the, the reason I stopped uh, was for years, I'd been trying to be a, a person who was stopping smoking. I was just trying to stop smoking. And I realized 15 years ago, I had to to stop being somebody who's trying to stop smoking. And I had to be somebody who was now a non-smoker. So he said, 15 years ago, I became a non-smoker. And that radically changed because I was no longer trying to stop something, I was becoming something. And I lo- yeah. that really struck me. I was like, wow, Paul says, Take off greed, yeah. take off pride, take off take- I mean, all things you take off. And then he says, Put on Christ. And, you know, and yeah. saying Christ, that's shorthand, isn't it? For the attributes yeah. of Jesus Christ. And i love. like, Wow, Adam Savage has just preached something. I just thought he's wonderful. So I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, Yeah, we could be saying to people now, You need to be less prideful. Mm. But actually, the approach is, we need to become more humble. Yeah, uh, and and, as that, we and say... that's what
1: we see. That's what we see in scripture as well. I mean, you talk about Paul, but it's over and over. And I, I pulled some of the scriptures up just to kind of quickly refer to them. But in Ephesians four, you know, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely. Humble and gentle, be patient, daring with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity in the spirit through the bond of peace. Like over and over, he talks Mm. about humility. In Philippians, he says the same thing do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Like repeatedly, we again, oftentimes, like you were saying, we would look at, oh, well, scripture says don't be prideful. it does but more often than not we see the encouragement to be humble than we do don't be proud don't be okay yes but actually be humble step mm-hmm. into that and and i think we love to we love to step into so many of the other things love your neighbor serve this do that but humility because it's hard it's hard to step into humility it's not something that that people want to do um, and, and the thing is, oftentimes we confuse humility with putting ourselves down, right? We, we like, yeah. if I'm going to be humble, oh, I'm, I'm so rubbish. I'm so not worth it. I'm so, no, 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 no. You are still a, a child that God made in the image of Christ, like gifted, poured out, the spirit poured out for you, poured into you. Like, oh my goodness, you are flipping awesome. Yet you are called to be humble. Um, yeah. You know, there's no one else like you, Chris. There's no one else like you. There is only one Chris Rogers, that's it. There's only one agent like, we can we can talk about how unique we are, how beautifully crafted we are, how different we are, how special and blessed we are, because it's all true. And that can easily become something that we boast about, that we're proud, pride filled about, that we're overly proud about. But the reality is, is while those things are true, we are called to just simply be humble to in humility value others above us to to humbly serve and humbly love and i think that's that's key of it it's becoming humble let me
0: ask a question then so i've got lots of friends who in their workplaces uh the game is not humility the game is to push yourself above others to step on others to to use others to get where you are going and there'll be some people listening to this going yeah this sounds amazing but actually where i work if i manifested humility all that will happen to me is i'll get trud upon and seen as somebody who's weak now we know yeah. the kingdom is upside down the upside down kingdom and the kingdom of god what we see is weakness is strength we know that but, yeah. but practicing that monday through friday in your workplace can actually be very difficult do you have any thoughts on how somebody who's in a stressful work environment where humility is used as a weapon to to hold people back how do we act humbly in those places whilst at the same time not um becoming somebody that's walked upon
1: yeah i mean that's a great question and i think there's no one answer that one size fit all answer um i think one of the things that we have to be reminded of on a regular basis regardless of where we work or what our our, our um, life placement is Is that following Jesus is costly? Um, I think so often we have talked about a um, a gospel that is amazing, um, and we've talked about this grace. You know, Bonhoeffer talks about this cheap grace. I think that that we've almost been sold, where you can just receive it and and that's it. And I, but the reality is, is that following Jesus isn't cheap. It is costly, Mm -hmm. and it is difficult and painful, and it is also countercultural. And so the first thing I say, if, if you're in a place where you know, you you you're stuck in the rat race, perhaps, or your job is one of those where you can't actually seek humility, you can't actually be like that because it's seen as weakness. The first thing I'd ask is to maybe just take a step back and ask yourself, what is your priority in your workplace? Um, if your priority in your workplace is to be number one and it's to make money and whatever it may be, dot, 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 then following the way of Jesus, being a disciple in that place is gonna be incredibly difficult, then you might almost disregard everything we're saying. But if your priority in your workplace is to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, um, to love your neighbor as yourself, if, if our priorities in our workplaces are the same as they are on a Sunday morning in church, if our priority is the same for Monday through Sunday, then and this is going to be hard to say and hard to, you know, hard to listen to, but then actually if our priority is out of Jesus, then we have to recognize that, that that might come with challenge and difficulty. So actually it might be uncomfortable to step in humility. And again, humility isn't putting yourself down. It is, it is essentially walking humbly and going, hey, this is where I'm presenting. This is what I'm doing. I think this is the best way. If others have another idea, okay, I'll walk with you, but this is it. So it's not shutting down your voice. It's not, not being mm-hmm. heard, but it's how we present those things. But ultimately knowing that if you are, again, if you're being seen as weak, there is a, still a moment of not throwing in the face of, well, I'm humbly saying that this is, you know, because then that becomes uh, mm-hmm. pride filled. But I think there's, there's a space in actually how we, how we step into that moment to say, Again, I believe this is the best solution that, you know, quarter four sales are going to be up because of this. If we do this, this and the other, um, I think you're wrong. Okay. I respectfully disagree, but if you're the one we're going to follow, then let's follow that. But, you know, let's go. Mm. Th- that, that in itself is a humble thing to say, hey, I've made myself heard. I've made myself known, but I will follow another. Um But, but again, humility, and and, and you got to recognize that we're also Mm. talking about humility in terms of following that of Jesus. And we're also talking about a worldly job, perhaps, which is not following that of Jesus. So again, where's the priority? Is our priority to be more Jesus-like in that space, which, which will then be then, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get down on our knees and wash the feet of those around us. Um, Or is it going to be, hey, I'm just going to I'm going to lead for my own career, my own benefit. And that's an unpopular statement. And I get that. And it's also a very difficult statement. And I get that. Um, And this is coming from a guy who works for the church. So some people would be like, oh, you got it easy, Adrian. Like, you know, you don't have to face all those things. And you're right. In one sense, I I don't. but I actually face them more often than not through these kind of conversations with people where where I sit down across a coffee mm-hmm. table with someone, they're like, man, this is what I'm facing at work and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to process it and I don't know what my mm-hmm. next steps are. And in all of these things, my answer is always gonna be, well, actually, let's just look to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, how how would he humbly walk in this? How would he serve in this? And ultimately, For anyone listening the decision is yours um you know that is the beautiful thing about it you don't have to listen to some random guy in the middle of nowhere village called gambling gay you don't have to listen to chris you don't have to and ultimately you don't even have to listen to jesus we hope you do um but he is gracious enough to give us that free will so we've got we've got a few minutes left yes you said (laughs) earlier
0: something really interesting and i'll come back to there's you know we said we don't really have much of a theology of humility Mm. Like how would you how would you start to think about what a theology of humility is
1: well so i guess one of the things i mean specifically around that is that we we have kind of our doctrinal statements or our direct doctrinal views around mm. certain aspects of theology whether it be women in ministry or sexuality or salvation or you know the baptism and things like that um but None of us have a, a view of humility that we have unpacked enough that we have um, taken time, I would say, to, to really hold on to. We just see humility as a, as an, a good virtue, as, as a good value to have. Mm. Um, so I think realistically, uh, uh, to unpack a theology of humility, we need to look at humility across that of scripture and recognizing that it is everywhere. <laughs> I think for, from Genesis through to Revelation, there is the word humble or humility may not be in it, but the way um, God speaks of our role of his people within that, um, there is much in that. So I think we have to start kind of tackling the the study of, hey, what is it? What is where? What are we pulling out? What are we seeing across the board and recognizing the te- the kind of the, the, the links and the ties between them all? And then I think from that formation coming to a point where we can say hey, there is something really symbolic, really key to our discipleship, to our ministry, um, to life in general, um, that we I think have been missing for for dare I say millennia perhaps, because we haven't really dug into it.
0: Yeah, I I I I, I love looking back at Genesis one, two, and three when it comes to humility, because yeah. I think a theology of humility starts in. Um, before we even existed, God was. He's the one in charge. Yeah. We are made yep. in his image, not him in our image. Yep. Uh, we're called to um, tend, dress, and care for creation. Yet we ate the apple. We did the very thing we were told not to do. And yeah. at the heart of a theology of humility, I, I wrote down this phrase: you know, is, is defining humility as total dependence on God. Yeah when we have a right understanding of the position of humanity in terms of god and creation then we can then understand how we are to be and act underneath that when you don't believe in that then there is no need for humility because it's it's Mm -hmm. it's the the battle for the fittest it's you know winner takes it all um but when we see ourselves as a part of god's plan in his image his creation to partner and tend creation with him mm. a- actually our position is a very humbling position absolutely why would god ever want to work with us why would yeah. he want but yet yeah, he does uh, absolutely. and and that for me is at the heart of what this the- somehow in all of that that's where that, the heart and theology of humility comes from it's from who who we are designed to be like
1: absolutely i think we're i think he, I, I think genuinely speaking one of the reasons it's so core to our discipleship is because is like you were saying it is part of our creation it is part of what we were made to be um you know a couple of decades ago one of the most popular wristbands and little phrases was wwjd you know what would jesus do um and and i know it's cheesy and i know it's corny but i think actually if, if in if in our day-to-day decisions we thought of things and, and kind of turned our, our positioning, our posture to go, actually, what would Jesus do? It, because he is above me and his thinking is better than my thinking and, and his direction is better than mine. So what would Jesus do? How, how, you know what, in that work environment, what would Jesus do if he was stood right there? What would Jesus do with my dad or with my mom or with my sisters or what would Jesus do? Because at that point, we are not only valuing someone else's view and 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 opinion above ours, but we're valuing Jesus is above ours which there's no better right there's no better than his oh, man. um and, and, but but it is a, it is a reality of going i'm not right in everything mm. and it's so countercultural because the society says hey if you believe it you are it you are right in whatever you hold on to it's fine you hold on to your truth your truth is your truth and that's fine you know but that's not a reality of of the truth that's not the truth of 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 life of the universe of, of you know the kingdom of god that's not something that we hold on to and it is difficult because you know i've got three kids and all three of them are growing up in a world where you can genuinely believe anything you want to about absolutely everything yet somehow they have to also come to the recognition the recognition that actually that's not true that that god is in control that he made it on that it's his way that we want to follow Um, And that my emotions might tell me one thing, but actually, ultimately, I want to submit to him above all else.
0: That's a great place to land. Adrian, thank you so much. Speaking into this, it's amazing. If um, you make some awesome little videos and things, I've seen them online. If people want to uh, follow you, hear what you have to say a little bit more uh, in the way of Jesus, how can they find you?
1: uh first of all thank you so much for having me it's been great love it uh yeah so i'm on socials and our church is on social so i'm at a cemarini that's a s-e-m-e-r-e-n-e it's funky and weird but then the church is at gb underscore church um we put up little shorts kind of just little thought-provoking thing our prayer is always that if one person watches or hears something that points them to jesus then um it's a glorious moment for for the kingdom and for us so yeah that's about it but um right. yeah i'm on i'm on google just look me up (laughs) i'll
0: put your instagram that you just mentioned in the show notes so people don't have to try and spell your last name it's a joy it's a joy (laughs) thank you so much for your time and i'd love to have you back on at some point soon Uh, it's been really fun talking to you about humanity a topic we don't often kind of wade into so thank you
1: thanks for having me love to see you again
0: grace and peace